Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. All right. Welcome back to Literary Quest. We are picking up where we left off last week, which is The War of Two Queens, part two. We left off where uh, they just rescued Cass from Isbeth, and they are now headed to meet up with the Atlantean army. So that's where we're headed. So we're moving on from that point. Yeah. All right. So um, can you imagine? How awkward the reunion between Malik and the Atlanteans must feel for him. I know. They mentioned that he shows up, right? And they're like, um, they say, oh, he clearly didn't look like somebody who'd been held against his will for a hundred years and tortured. And they compare it to what Cass looked like when he came back after 50 years. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean... I just can't, I felt uncomfortable for him. Yes. Just thinking about how awkward he must feel in that and knowing that people are going to be looking at him like they looked at Cass mm-hmm. and knowing that he doesn't look like someone that's been tortured for a hundred years and uh, knowing that, I mean, even if all of that wasn't a thing, like just having to read the room or like fall into the vibe with these people that you haven't seen for a hundred years. It's just uncomfortable or I don't know if it's been a hundred years. It's been a long time. How long has he been in captivity? I can't. It was a hundred years. Okay. Well, there you go. So a hundred years. Um, I just felt real cringy. And add to that, like, nobody trusts him. Everyone's uncomfortable in his presence. No one really knows where they stand with him. Um, it's, eh, I wouldn't want to be in that situation if I was him. No. I feel he like does. it's like, you know, when you, uh, maybe, I don't know if anyone has this experience. What, like when you go to college, Right. And you leave the town that you grew up in and all the people you grew up around and you move away for four or five or longer years and you come back and like the people are the same, but different and you're the same, but different. And it's just weird. That's the best thing I can relate this situation to. Hmm. It's a good comparison. Thanks. I tried. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he has this interesting interaction with, I think it's um, Delano. And I I know that the pronunciation guide says that that's not how it's it's not pronounced that way. But that's how I've been pronouncing it for however many years I've been reading these books at this point. Yeah. So it's Delano. Um, 
because it turned out that um Prila was Delano's sister. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And when they like reunited and they I just anytime a person is touching their head to a wolf's head, it just puts me in my feelings. And just this whole scene when they are reunited, then Poppy is reunited and Castile is reunited with the wolven when, you know, they like they crest the hill or whatever, and they're within range. And it's just like this horde of wolves just running to them. I mean, I just, I just want a pack of wolves to greet me when I get home from work every day. Yes, that would be so great. I just want to fall into a pile of animals (laughs) who just love me because I exist Mm -hmm. and know all of my needs instinctually. Yes. That's the life. It is the life. Um, when Castile is reunited with his friends, I mean, I know he was, um, I don't know, not gone that long, but it just, it puts me in my feelings a little bit. They're so loved. It's they're so loved. It's just, it's just nice to read about people who have really good friends like that. Um, but when Delano, like you were saying, when Delano and Malik, um, have their, their little reunion. I mean, I feel like this is one of the moments that we got, we get to see vulnerability for Malik. And I don't feel like we see, I feel like Malik has pretty much just locked himself down probably as a defense mechanism from being, um, you know, kind of enslaved to Isbeth for the last hundred years or so. Like he just naturally locks everything in, which is a good strategy for him. Um, but we, we get to see some vulnerability from him a couple of times. And this is one of those scenes. And I, I love it. And I feel like a story from his perspective would just rip your heart out of your body. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Maybe she'll give us like a novella or something. Yeah, that'd be great. So they get reunited. And so we see, we see Castile and his dad um, and having their reunion. And it's like uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But what's real uncomfortable is the reunion between Valin and Malik. Yeah, that's it's very I mean aloof, I want to say. Malik's attitude toward his dad is aloof and I wonder um I wonder about the anger that he maybe has towards his parents because I'm sure in the time that he spent with Isbeth, he learned all kinds of stuff about what actually has gone on with his family and the history of Atlantia and things like that. And they know that uh, their parents have been lying to them. And I'm confident that he carries resentment for them because of that. And so we see their first interaction and Malik is like, hi, dad. And that's it. And so uh, 
in the story, there's a comment about how um, their dad just kind of puts like his game face on basically. I wonder what you feel as a parent when you're reunited with your child who's been gone for a hundred years and you know part of that is at least your fault. If I disappeared for a hundred years and came home, my parents would knock me down trying to hug me. Like, yeah, I would leave the ground. So I wonder what their relationship was like before he was gone. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot that we don't know about their relationship. Yeah. Well, wasn't he like the golden boy, sort of? Like they were. Yeah, he was supposed to be king and. Yeah. um, He used to be really fun loving. Right? No. Yes? No. Yeah. 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 No. uh, Malik was like a prankster. Right. Right. Okay. So I think his father is just responding to the vibe that Malik is giving off. Um, yeah. But it it feels just very strained. You would think seeing your son for the first time in 100 years after you thought he was dead or would be like, um, I don't know, shattered that the reception would be a little more like aggressive in the love department. Yeah. Especially because they, it said that they're not, um, they've always shown like, so their parents have always been like loving. They show their affection. Yeah. Right. And we don't get like, I mean, it's, I don't, yeah. Yeah. It just seems strange to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Cass uh, decides to have a conversation with his dad just to kind of update him on things. And this is one of the scenes where he's like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to my dad. So he goes and talks and we don't really get any sort of in- like we don't get a, a, any insight into the conversation that they have. Um, which is sort of one of the things that, like you mentioned in our, our last episode, we get Cass's perspective and we love a dual perspective. Um, but from Cass's perspective, there are things that happen that we want to see more of besides just his undying devotion to Poppy, which is great. But like the details of this conversation would have been good. I would have liked also more insight from him on how he was feeling about his brother. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't get too much of that. It was all poppy and her magic vagina. Yeah. And I mean, pussy power wins every day of the week, but Mm -hmm. um, more, more of his other feelings or like being back with Kieran, like just, yes. All of the feelings would have been nice. Yeah. He does say that he, with this conversation that he's about to have with his dad, that he doesn't want to delve too deeply into um, the lies that their parents told them and things like that, because they are about to have to go find Malik in the blood forest. And I 
I feel like that's probably a smart strategy. Same with why Poppy doesn't want to question Malik about why he, you know, killed her parents and tried to kill her. And like, she doesn't want to go super deep into that because they all are going to need lots of focus for what they're about to do. And they don't want to take that in, which is wise. I feel like, um, after the, um, curse is placed on Kieran, um, they, they're, they're traveling and I I think this might be before that. Yeah. It's before they get to Padonia where, um, the Atlanteans are stationed. So before they get there, they're talking about the curse on Kieran and Reaver's like, yeah, I'm not sure if this is something that you have to be super concerned about because of the joining and you being a primal, like he'll probably be fine. And every like, and, um, <clears throat> it's at that point that everyone's like, ah, we're not, <laughs> we're not joined. We're not joined. Um, should we join? Should we do the join? The joining. Um, <laughs> do the join. Let's do the join. Um, should we do this? Um, and if we did this, would this save Kieran from this curse that he has on him? Because now he's got like a wound that Poppy can't heal. Yeah. So I love it when um I love it when our friends are just very casually like, oh yeah, we did the joining. We totally did that we are joined meanwhile they're like uh, i guess we should do this we should have a talk <laughs> we've we've talked about it a lot maybe this is a thing we should actually commit to mm-hmm. now that karen's maybe gonna die like i guess this is the time so what i like about this <clears throat> is that there's a whole lot of like informed consent conversation going on about it they both decide, like Poppy and Cass are both like, yes, I think this is a good idea. Castile's like, what are your feelings on this? And she tells him and he tells her and he says, I get it. I hear what you're saying and I support it. I need you to think about how you would feel if Kieran ever wanted to be with someone else. Would you be cool with them joining our bond too? And then I get, I get the motivation that you're feeling. I don't want you to feel pressured to do this because we are about to go find Malik. So I'm going to give you like a week to really think about this and then decide at that point. Um, So I love that. I love the conversation that they had about taking this massive step in their relationship. I love the conversation that they had about not making decisions under pressure. Mm-hmm. And I love that both Cass and Karen were like, they both were like, take your time. Karen wanted to make sure that she wanted to do it for her and wasn't doing it for him. Mm-hmm. You know, like that it wasn't just because she didn't feel just because he, she didn't want him to die sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. There was, a, there was a lot of that, especially because Poppy is so young too mm-hmm. and I feel like that's something that Cass remembers a lot you know like we might as readers kind of forget but Cass seems to be aware like because he said it in previous books where like he knows that she doesn't have a lot of any experience sexually mm-hmm. um and he said before how he wants her to like do everything and try everything mm-hmm. but he's always giving her like time like he gives her the time he explains everything to her it's just it's it was great to see all that yeah. communication. Yay. Yes. 
lots of communication. I think the way that they approach this decision is very smart and healthy. Um, and I think that it is done well and appropriately. Mm-hmm. I love the emphasis on like, there's no hurry. We don't have to rush into the situation. So they have that whole conversation. Yeah. And then they go to the blood forest. Yeah. So they do that and then they go to the blood forest. Right. So we dive into the blood forest and there's like way more craven here. The closer that they get to Malik's tomb, um, there's just a ton of them and they're fighting and fighting and fighting. And Malik is in charge of guarding the horses. He's like, can I get a weapon? <laughs> that was great. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, um, Cass and Karen are like, do you hear something? Yeah. No. She's like, oh, can I have a weapon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's a, a good little bit of teasing there. And then, so they're, you know, they're just fighting along. There's lots of craven. And Reaver shows up. He's been doing some scouting and he just like takes them all out in one <laughs> breath. It's glorious. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Just adore him. <laughs> How useful would it be to have a dragon? I can't. I mean, I so mean, nice. I, yeah. Right? Yeah. Do, like, everything. It would be do all the yeah. fighting for us. Like what happens when they burp though? Is it like a flaming burp? Do you think? Is it like enough to light a candle with? Maybe. Or what about when they fart? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that puts new death or new ring to a (laughs) ring of fire, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Just a flaming anus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So they're tracking along through this forest and they find the ruins of a city, which is where Malik has been entombed. And I mean, okay, so it's not totally innocuous, right? They get to this mountain and the germs come out and they have, I don't know. Snakes is that how that's them. pronounced? I think it's germs. G-R-Y-M. Does it matter? Truly? Sorry. Sorry. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> like, we've given up on pronouncing anything correctly at this point. So um, we just, we're just going to make it up as we go. So they find these germs and they come out and they're sentries, which means they're a special type of germ. And Elowana didn't put them there. I mean, I guess I was expecting some like Indiana Jones style theatrics from them to get into this mountain. Right. I mean, I was thinking like, you know, some temple of doom stuff or like the third one with Sean Connery, where there's like the, the Jehovah, walk you know and the saws come out of the and then there's the invisible bridge i don't know i guess i was expecting something like that and yeah there are these little sentries that come out and they fight and reaver can't save the day in this situation and snakes come out of their mouths and it's kind of scary i don't know i guess i thought there'd be more 
And I like it in this situation. So Poppy's fighting, you know, she tells the woman to stand down because inside is apparently poison, right? Their insides are poison. And so, but once the snakes start coming out, start coming out, she climbs up a boulder and just uses her will to destroy them all. Yeah. I'm like, what? Why didn't you just do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's another one of those like having rebirth. Like you can do, she could do so much with her power. Yeah. Why, why did you try to fight? Yeah. Which by the way, if I was there and I was fighting off these like things with snakes in their mouths, uh-huh. right? It's coming out. And I found out that like she could have just made it go away. Yeah. way before she did excuse you like why didn't you do it in the first place and also that um what like if they touch you then you're dead basically the you mm-hmm. the the poison will burn you alive from the inside mm-hmm. why didn't you just use your mind powers to destroy them all in the first place but whatever um i i, I guess i get why that's not the first place that she goes to but this was definitely the situation to do that i love those so this would be my response if they had spiders inside of them be like uh yeah i'm just gonna climb up onto the tallest surface mm-hmm. and i'll see you later <laughs> best of luck yeah pretty much any like bug too like anything i would just be like i'm out that's it yeah the war i i, I surrender the war's over <laughs> yeah just take me i'm dead i'm fine i'm just gonna bypass this situation mm-hmm. yeah um i think it's funny that so they're talking about how horrifying the the germs are when they like because they look really scary they're like zombies and their mouths are sewn shut and uh, we find out that they're the people who have like, like a God did a favor for them and they swore their loyalty, loyalty to them when they died or whatever, which <clears throat> I mean, doesn't seem like the best way to spend your afterlife, but whatever. Um, that imagery of having your mouth sewn shut is so bothersome to me. We read another book where that happens. It's the, the blood vows, um, or blood laws, but the Lexi Foss's book about vampires, uh, where one of the characters has their mouth sewn shut and like rips their mouth open. Mm-hmm. It hurts me. I, I, I do not like this imagery. So if I saw this in real life, I'd be like, yeah, bye. Yeah, a hard pass, man. It's just a bad situation. <laughs> yes, yeah, but I like that Poppy's like, do they have hands? <laughs> yeah, they do, and they got swords too. And then, so I think it's interesting. Reaver, Reaver can't fight these. There's no point because they're already dead. But he says, um, they make a comment about how Eloana didn't send these. So that means that somebody else would have, and it's either st- stated or implied that um, the consort or Nyctos would have done it. Mm-hmm. And so we have this interesting situation where it's like Malik is entombed. And because someone else sent sentries to protect where he's entombed, that means that they know that he was in danger or maybe not danger, but they know the situation had been, had deteriorated, but they also didn't try to bring him back to Elysium. Right. They knew where he was, but they weren't necessarily like willing to go get him or stop from whatever was happening. So they were, cause that's what, um, Reaver 
says that um, either um, Nikdos or the consort would have had to send them. And then Poppy was like, well, that means that they were aware that something was going on. Why didn't they interfere? And Reaver's like, I don't know. Yeah. I would like, you know. Yeah. 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 Which makes it seem like whatever, whatever was going on with Malik when he left Alicia, it must not have been something that they approved of. Well, we know they don't because of what happened with Isbeth and they didn't approve the heartmates thing, but yeah. Oh yeah. So after they find Malik's coffin, they are making their way from the blood forest back to Pedonia. And so there are some interesting things that happen in this scene. So first of all, we have a Reaver and he is sitting by Malik's coffin as it's being transported. And he's just got like his hand sitting on it. Um, and it's sad which I think is not something that we really see at all from Reaver at any point in this book, but he says that he and Malik used to be friends and he says he lost interest in Elysium and that loss of interest became a loss of affection for all who resided there, which makes me really sad for him because Mm -hmm. so let's see, they were all getting ready to go to sleep when, um, Malik left so and we know that Reaver is still relatively young by comparison so again we get that like teenage boy type of vibe in this situation right where it's like I don't know whether you're younger or older like the rejection from a friend is hurtful but especially I feel like when you're young you feel things so intensely sometimes like that Um, I think that puts a different sort of flavor on the grief that he's probably feeling in this situation. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sad. Um, and he also, Cerever also makes an interesting comment in this situation. Um, he points out that it's weird that Malik and Malik's names are so similar. Yep which I have been thinking like this whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. We yeah. commented on it before. Yep. It's weird. It is weird. And so Castile makes a comment about how, you know, Eloana loved Malik despite him being so terrible. And I mean, I recognize that and I can see how she would still love him despite how, hurtful he was to her I just hmm, find it odd that you would name your firstborn child after the person who kind of ruined your life like would you name any of your children after your ex after they screwed you over really publicly and then basically all of history was written about it no, I also think it's kind of weird. I guess unless your ex has like a really common name to name your child after an ex in general. Like there's one thing to be like, okay, my ex's name is John. I'm naming my kid John, but it's not necessarily like after that ex, you know? Yeah. Whereas um, in this case, it's clearly like, there's clearly a relation there. Like she's doing it because his name was Malik and now we've got Malik. Like, Yeah. 
I just and why didn't his dad say anything? Could you truly, imagine? I just feel like it's very odd. So I don't know. I don't know. It seems in general people think it's odd, even in the book, though. Yeah. Reaver at the very least minds it odd. Reaver thinks it's odd. I'm on board with Reaver in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. They transport Malik's body back to Pedonia. And we finally get to the joining. Yes. Right? So we've been building mm-hmm. to this moment for like four books. We are finally here. Mm-hmm. The time has come. Mm-hmm. And I mm, was worried that people would have a negative response to this to this i mean she's been preparing us for like hundreds and hundreds of pages that this would be a thing that could potentially happen so i i don't feel like this wasn't something that you saw coming right yeah i don't know i mean like i definitely one of the first things when i got this book i was like the bit like I bet the joining happens, the joining better happen in this book. I am tired of being teased. Yes. Yeah. With like, this. You introduce the idea, commit, let's make it happen. So mm-hmm. I guess I just don't understand why people were so mm, shocked or bothered by the fact that it happened in the first place. But so before we talk about the opinions that other people had on this situation, I just want to say I thought it was beautiful the way that um they introduce the whole scene so uh there are lots of conversations and moments as this is being set up where castile is like how are you feeling are you okay are you still good with this you can tell us to stop at any time you can say no we're doing this but it doesn't mean we have to have sex like it could just be us touching each other because you have to maintain in contact for the bond to settle in it doesn't have to turn into sex this is 100 your choice like there is no pressure from us and i love i love that me too and i love yeah. that kieran was the same way just yes. lots of support for her. No pressure to take it any further than she was uncomfortable with. It was spectacular. Mm-hmm. I agree. And the imagery used. Yes. In I this. Was just about to say. Mm-hmm. Is gorgeous. So they talk about like um, silver webbing sort of as um, what's written. And that just sounds pretty. And in my mind, because I don't know, my mind is what it is. The, um, the sky was like, had um the aurora borealis going on and above it too like All my right, mind just yeah. supplemented that mm-hmm. in there and was like oh this will make it look even nicer yes so yes mood lighting but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah. i was picturing like a big bright silvery moon you know oh yeah. um it's taking place in the wisteria woods too and like there's wisteria is a really pretty flower I have no idea what a wisteria looks like hold on i want to say it's purple It looks it's in like the lilac. South. Yeah, so they have wisteria all over the south. It's a lot of it in like Georgia, I think. Um, but it's gorgeous. So you have like this imagery of what wisteria looks like. And, and Poppy says it's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. When they get to the wisteria woods, Castile takes her out uh, the first night that they arrive in Pedonia. And 
So we've got like just these, what I'm picturing as wisteria trees or vines. I think it's a vine. I don't know. Um, just all over the place. Beautiful moon. Vicky's got the Aurora Borealis. Like there's nice grass. I don't know. So just the scene setting is really lovely. Mm -hmm. And so I like that too. Like the words that are used to craft this scene are just so mm, pretty. And I talk about how part of the bond that takes place is like being joined with nature. Like you take, it takes place naked outside. And so you definitely get like that. I mean, you feel connected to nature while you're in the scene. Mm -hmm. You do. It gives off a very like witchy vibe too. You know, it has yeah. to be done under the moon and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just the, the uh, scene setting is really lovely. And so they, they start the bonding process, which sounds really complicated because um, they all have to be touching each other. And then she was describing it was like, so Cast Poppy has to drink from Castile over his chest first. And then she has to she drink, drink from like Kieran's neck. Kieran's neck. And then Castile has to drink from Kieran's neck. And then Kieran, and then they both have to drink from her. And I guess he drinks from Kieran drinks from Castile at some point and they have to touch each other the whole time and they're holding hands. And in my mind, I'm just like, who, who's, <laughs> who's next? <Where's... laughs> I mm, was there an agenda? Like how are y'all <laughs> keeping track of this? Because I'm confused. Um, so yeah. Um, but, but that took place. Um, and what I like is that so there's potential for lots of nervousness in this situation. And Castile, I think, approaches it in a way that's just very genuine to him, which is to be teasing. Mm -hmm. And so he makes a comment about, uh, um, oh, gosh, I wish I could remember what he says. But it's just like it's something to break some of the tension. Right. Yeah. This is so this leading up to everything like this start of this is um one of the only times we really get anything out of Kieran towards like what his feelings towards Poppy might be, mm -hmm. right? Because it's before it becomes anything sexual, right? And she mm -hmm. feels him and he like, because they're all pressed together and he's like hard against her. And he's like, sorry, it's just you're really beautiful. I'm like trying to be appropriate or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's about like the most we've gotten from him. Yes. <laughs> about how he feels about Poppy. He thinks she's pretty. Mm hmm Yeah. So, yeah. I want to so, know what's going on in his head. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, absolutely. Um, so we have just like lots of ongoing consent taking place in this scene. Castile says he asks her if she's okay. Um, and he says, going to ask you again, going to ask you a lot. You want to do this? And she says she nods her head. Right. And so he says, I need you to say the words. And I think it's Kieran that says that like you have, you need to say the words. So I love yeah. that. She's actually having to put words to it, that her intentions, the things that she wants are very clear. They say, we can stop this at any time. And they say, I know. She says, I know. And, she, and then they say, nothing will happen that you don't want to take part in. No matter what you think we may want, 
or what you feel from us. And Kieran says, we expect nothing. I like, I just, I love all of the words. Mm-hmm. Me too. It was, it was, that was really great. And it comes from, I think probably both Cass and Kieran being maybe older, but also just being like in touch with themselves too. Mm-hmm. Like neither one of them, well, Cass in particular doesn't seem to have a problem like expressing his emotions. Kieran doesn't express his emotions, so he doesn't hide when he has really strong emotions either. So I feel like they're able maybe to be more in touch with other people's emotions too mm-hmm. and how they might be feeling or just like more conscious of it. And they want to yeah. make sure and that they know Poppy really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, I think it's a really good representation of who they are as characters, like as people, but as characters too. That they're so caring. Yeah. Um, it's it's just it's so nice. And then they they speak the words that will initiate the joining, which remind me a little bit of marriage vows, right? So they say I enter this joining freely and with will of only my own, um, which I like. I mean, it's just the intimacy in this moment is really nice for these characters. And I like that we're finally getting some intimacy that pulls Kieran in. Yes. Because we've had all of these comments up to this point about how close they feel to Kieran and all of that stuff. And so we're finally pulling in this aspect of their relationship. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's the comment that I was looking for. Um, Let's see. So Poppy does something, uh, she like flicks her lip or her tongue over her lip and Castile says, behave or you're going to make Kieran blush. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, They just have these cute little flirty moments that I think are nice for breaking up the, um, the tension. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and then she makes this other comment um, where she says, Castile kissed me quickly and then waited me for waited for me to give him permission as if he didn't already have it. Consent is not implied. It's another reason why I like all of the words about consent that get pulled in. Yes. It can be revoked at any time. It is not just implied because it was okay a second ago. That's why it's important for it to be ongoing, especially in new situations like this. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And then they have we finally get to so at one point, um, the, the so they have like you described, like the silvery webbing of the bond is described as kind of settling over them. And again, the imagery is so lovely. Um, but at one point, magic or poppy feelings or just all of it comes together and they decide to take it further. So it's not just no like a joining and no sexy times it's a joining and now the sexy times are happening which i have been gunning for from the start mm-hmm. please give i was hoping for like a spit roast i mean i was just <laughs> i was i don't know if it's because i read so many books that are like reverse <laughs> and have multiple partners but i was just like this is like it, it was be- like it was beautifully written I guess. it was beautiful yes right all of that but also like can can I have some more deets, please? 
Yes. Can I, have a, can I have a little bit more of where's what's going on? What you know what for whatever yeah. reason I thought would be really hot. Like as I'm reading that, reading it, I was like, oh, you know, it would have been really hot if it was like cast sitting on Kieran's or not cast, Poppy sitting on Kieran's face while Cass went down on Karen. Yes. Right. I mean, I wanted Cass to give Kieran a hand job. I wanted mm-hmm. someone to touch his balls. Like I <laughs> there was a lot. there was there was a lot that I wanted um and so what we end up is having a a scene that is really beautifully written but extremely vague yes so Poppy's got like like, oh sorry no what were you gonna say I said it's like almost like a fade to black sort of thing you know it's so close to being like a fade to black I mean, especially when you compare it to the scenes that have happened up to this point, they right? were so descriptive, mm-hmm. which is what we're here for. Um, but when we get to this scene, it's Poppy's like eyes are closed part of the time. I don't know if she's like in a haze from the bond that's happening, but like she doesn't know whose hands are touching her, whose penis is touching her, who's like kissing her, whose mouth is where like she just does not she is not aware of whose body parts are in what places. And I'm like, how do you not know? How would you also not want to know? Like, I totally want to yeah. know. I want to look down and be like, oh, that's not Castile's penis. That's Kieran's. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, and it was, I mean, it was well-written. It was just like, compared to what we've been given up to this point, it was really vague. And I feel like the author did this on purpose because she was maybe afraid of some of the negative pushback that she would get if she wrote something more descriptive. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Cause there were several reasons why I was like, either she wanted to write it this way. Right. Yeah. Which considering other scenes that she's written doesn't quite fit I think with kind of the tone and the rest of the sex scenes in this series um or she pulled back on it because she was worried about the um backlash that she might receive and I almost felt like either like either write it or don't you know yes like they still could have had the joining without the sexual bit right Mm -hmm. which would have been very disappointing but if if you're gonna do it and you've gone hard in all of the other scenes go hard in this one yeah I agree with your sentiment either write it or don't yeah um now I will say we do read a whole lot of smut and we do read a lot of reverse harems and so we are uh real comfortable with scenes like that and that's probably influencing some of that our perception of this scene as well but I mean just in comparison to the the scenes that she wrote in the same book like three chapters ago Mm -hmm. it is super ambiguous and I'm not a fan of that I needed more dick yep yeah I was and you know what's funny is that not really funny, but earlier on the book, right? Cass for the first time tries like 
he puts a finger up her butt, right? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I was like, oh, maybe he's testing her out to see what will happen later in the joining. And then like, we get like, I was like, okay. Yeah. Also, she makes a comment about feeling like she could have taken both of them. Right. She could. Why didn't you? (laughs) I mean, I I was on board for that. I, I know I would have been on board. I would have been on board with like, there were so many things I wanted to see happen, which. Yeah. I wanted a sword cross, like touch your penises together, please. Mm-hmm. Can, can oh, one or both of you put a no, hand on the other's really penis? Good, though. Also like either. Oh, Cass watching Poppy and Karen and like giving direction. Yeah. Right. Yes. I see, would like to see that. Fanfic writers. Please these write the, this. <laughs> these are the things we want. Someone write this fanfic for us. Yep. Please. Maybe it'll turn up on Reddit or in Tumblr or something. But yeah, or what is it, AO3? Is fanfic.com still a thing? I don't know. It was when I was like 11. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, now there were some sexy moments that were um nice so we do uh, so mm, because the scene is so vague like i literally don't understand what people were upset about i guess we can start talking about why people were upset I, it was so vague i don't understand what people were bothered about we don't even know if kieran penetrated poppy like she doesn't know whose penis is touching her inside of her all we really know is that kieran touched her breath touched her breasts and it sounds like he ejaculated on her back mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't even say if they kissed right yeah at no point mm-hmm. she points out like so it does specifically say that Cass kisses her never mm-hmm. once says that Karen does right and yeah and so when she's um Cass is in between her legs at one point like she's got it he's um she's getting oral sex from him because she says oh I recognized him right mm-hmm. and then that's and Karen is behind her at that point I think or maybe right next to her yeah but really to me in my head this to me was okay so you remember i think it's the first book where um kieran ends up against the wall with poppy in between him and Cass, and Cass is feeding and it turns kind of sexual or it definitely book. turns sexual mm-hmm. second book yes. okay uh-huh. that scene it was like this scene except like kieran got to play with a boob <laughs> like yes. in my head that's basically what it like the, okay yeah <laughs> that's what we got yes yeah I mean, it, we don't need, like, we don't know if Karen actually had sex with Poppy. We don't know that any penetration actually happened between them. He played with her nipples. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that is all we know that he did. That's all we really know for sure. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why people were so bothered. And honestly, I'm really bothered. Like, I'm disappointed in how the scene was received. Um, again, like we've been be building to this for three books. I don't understand why people were surprised. And I feel like some of the comments that I saw were just so offensive. Um, there, are, there are people in the fan books that were, or in the fan groups that we're part of that are in open relationships and polyamorous relationships. And I am afraid of how s- some of the comments must have made them feel. So 
I actually was staying off of Facebook um, for the scent. I missed a lot of these like really negative comments. Um, so I didn't even know it was happening until I saw a thing saying that like, oh, Jennifer is like had to like take a break from this group completely because of it and I was like what was happening I mean so I saw some people being like disappointed but I didn't see all of this like hate that so what were people saying um like someone said see you in hell right yeah Yeah. um I think she received it people were just very critical now I did see some people who were in polyamorous relationships and open relationships talking about how how much they enjoyed this scene and how well it was written and how much they appreciated it so Mm -hmm. I don't know it makes me feel bad that it was received such negative feedback especially because it was something that was written really beautiful imagery it wasn't like erotica or anything like that I think she wrote it as tamely as she possibly could I think without it being a fade to black yeah um you know and that people were so upset that like I don't understand the go to hell what for this for this what I mean like she didn't even like kill off a main character like I mean, not that that would give like a reason to say go to hell, but I feel like that's something to be more upset about than this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's disappointing to me that the fandom reacted, that some people in the fandom reacted the way that they did. That's bothersome to hear. Yeah. And you can be, I mean, here's the thing, like you can be super into monogamy Mm-hmm. and not be hateful about people who are are not and who are fictional characters in books mm-hmm. so so I, um oh sorry oh, no go ahead um I'm hoping that this turns into a thruple right as I stated many times before and I know you as well are yes. that's what you want out of this and I'm so I'm concerned that because of the backlash that she got for this that won't happen And I don't know how much like that group or like the feedback will influence her writing. I'm hoping that she'll, if that's what she was going for, it'll stay that way. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Because I, I want them in a trouble so badly. And I'd be interested to see the dynamics because I wonder if, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but like we might have like one-on-one Cass and Kieran scenes, one-on-one with like Kieran and Poppy sort of thing, you know, and then all three of them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just so much potential there. And not to mention just their relationship as friends and they're just so close and it's just, <laughs> yeah, just be together, be together. I don't want, so yeah, when uh, Castile introduces the idea of bringing another person into their joining so that if Kieran finds someone else, they will get to live for a super long time too. I was like, I don't want to bring another person into this group. I know that's going to be really hard to do. I want it to be the three musketeers for life. Mm -hmm. I don't want a fourth. I want a thruple real bad. Mm -hmm. And I want, I want there to be equal affection between Castile and Kieran. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know that their relationship will ever go that way. They've been, um, 
bonded so closely for so long and it's never it probably yeah probably that point. happened yeah um but that doesn't stop me from wanting it it's true <laughs> it's true there are many things in this world that i want and right now this thruple is at the top of the list somehow yeah. i yeah and i was thinking i don't I don't know if I said this in the last one about how hard it would be to be the fourth in this group. Anyway, so I did see a couple of comments where people were like, oh, well, maybe it's Tawny, but I mean, like, I don't know. No, I don't Tawny? want that either. First of all, I didn't get that vibe with any of their interactions, right? Also, I was kind of maybe getting, um, I was actually thinking she showed up with um, Gianna, right? Mm-hmm. I was getting kind of like I thought like maybe they were together I don't know I was getting sort See, of like I got right? that same feeling too yep okay not just me yeah I got that vibe I'd like to see that I'd definitely like to see that mm-hmm. yeah a lesbian relationship Let's yes see that yeah all the inclusivity so after they uh have sex right they're kind of just chilling laying on the grass it sounds really nice and pretty and karen's like i'm going for a swim in this freezing water and because he's a wolf and of course like everything's hotter on him anyway so he's like it feels really great and poppy and Cass are like nah i'm not gonna do that and then Cass decides he's like you know what i'll go join him why don't you join us and poppy's like no i'll just lay here and i'm like poppy someone probably karen just came all over your back you need to go wash that off i had the same thought like there's grass Go. sticking to her right now. <laughs> there's a bug dying images on her back. Just I'm I'm mildly concerned about her hygiene habits at this point in the series because earlier she's like, you know, they're having sex. They have UTI, total UTI. She's getting from somebody who hasn't yeah. bathed in forty days, and now this Poppy. Yeah. Just just yeah. go go in the water a little bit. Just slash them on your back. I'm sure either one of them would be happy to just. Wipe your back down if you don't want to get fully immersed. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I had the same thoughts. What I did really like, another thing that I also really liked about this scene was the descriptions of Kieran and the contact that he's making with Cass during whatever this ambiguous thing is that's happening with the joining, but also Cass being playful with him during the scene. So he's like, um, He's stimulating Poppy's nipple at one point and Cass like puts his mouth over his fingers and her nipple. And that was um, adorable and hot. And then after they finished, it mentions that Kieran is resting his head on Cass's shoulder while Poppy is resting her head on Cass's chest. Like it was just really cute. Mm-hmm. It was. They have all of these really cute moments as like, just together mm-hmm. so later on did we talk about this i don't think so. so later on at one point um i think it's before everything goes down right um poppy and Cass are sleeping together and poppy wakes up and at her like back at this point now karen's there and karen has his arm over her and both of them have like their hands on Cass's stomach which by the way that's mm-hmm. a weird position for it to be like it's a weird way to sleep, I think. Mm-hmm. 
But either way, like Karen got up in the middle of the night and came to cuddle with them. That's adorable. Yes. It's adorable. How how do you add a fourth person into this? You, you can't. do not. No. There's no Give room. Throuple. You get no room. Give me that throuple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay, so they go back to Pedonia and and from there and the bond actually heals whatever like the mark that was on Kieran's arm. So at this point they're wondering like are you good? Do we take the risk? They decide not to take the risk. So they transport Malik's body to the temple uh, where they're supposed to be Isbeth, still with no idea what she wants this body for, which I feel like should be a huge red flag. Like this woman is awful. You can't be thinking that she just wants it because she loved him. Yeah. There's definitely more to it. Even if they were heartmates and like the description about how emotional she gets when she has to give up her ring so that Poppy can use the spell to find him. Like, yes, she is very problematic but she's also got some feelings and so we see these moments of vulnerability from Isbeth which I didn't actually feel bad for her until I read your notes talking about how you felt bad for her and I was like how are you making me feel bad for this horrible woman right now (laughs) I don't know it's just you just have a way with with words Vicky um so but they they head to the bone temple and like everything falls apart at this point as well (sighs) as it does 95% into the book with one of her books. Everything that could possibly happen happens. Yeah. Um, so Poppy can use the, 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 her abilities to feel the emotions. And so they deliver Malik's body. Callum is there. She's got all of these guard people there. There, there our friends have come with guards too. like everybody's prepared for bad things to happen. Um, but, um, not prepared enough, I guess. I don't know. And so Poppy can feel like the agony and the grief that, um, Isbeth is feeling Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And this is where you start to feel bad for her. Please talk about why you feel bad for Isbeth, because I never would have thought that I would. (laughs) until you did (laughs) okay so mm, this all starts with the death of her son right so she loses her son and then she loses her heartmate too who they refuse to even recognize as being her heartmate right Mm -hmm. so she's dealing with that grief that she's got going on she's dealing with the death of a child that happened she's and you can just feel all of this like from Poppy, you know, feeling it just intense grief and agony and suffering that she's got. So I do feel bad for her um, in that sense, I guess. Um, and she does love her children in her own, just in her own like really fucked up way, right? Because she made both of her daughters specifically the, so that she could use them as like sacrifices. And then she gets there, right? realizes she can't do it because her whole goal basically is now bringing Malik, right? Malik. Malik. Mm -hmm. God. Malik, like, back to life so they can go and remake the world and, like, live together happily ever after. That would have been her goal. Now she has to sacrifice all of that. 
for because she loves her kids. So she's realizing in that moment that everything that she's been planning for hundreds of years, she can't go through with. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. So. Yeah. So. I didn't feel bad about it until you put it that way. And then I guess I can have some empathy for this horrible woman. <laughs> Who have you seen this? It's like me, an empath. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I was just surprised as hell that Isbeth ended up stabbing Malik because she loved her daughters too much to stab Poppy. I mean, it, it was still hard for me to process, but this, her woman's, per, this, this woman's perception of love is just like, so messed up. Mm-hmm. And so on top of like the agony that she feels for, I mean, losing her son and having to stab her husband, there's this like, or not fresh husband, heartmate. There's this frustration that I feel like she would also have to have that she had worked so hard to get to this point. And now it's not going to go the way like what a burden love is, right? That it's, <laughs> it's the thing that's keeping her from bringing to fruition this whole ha- plot that she hatched from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just, not, it was not how I expected things to go, which is good. It's nice to be surprised in a book. Um, I love that while all of these bizarre things are happening, Millie sneaks over to Poppy and is like, um, doesn't this feel weird to you? Like, mm-hmm. you should know that something terrible is about to happen. Like, the vibe is bad right now. Yep. She comments that her, uh, that Isbeth doesn't seem worried that uh, Reaver isn't there, mm-hmm. right? That she, or like doesn't know where Reaver is. And also that her, the army that she brought is clearly like 50,000 short. And that means they're somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and she's like, and I think, what does she say? She's like, you should be concerned that she's not concerned about these mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like red flags everywhere. <laughs> Are we just going to ignore them? Guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And then she has like this Heathcliff moment, right? <laughs> Nisbeth, where she practically climbs in the coffin with um, Malik um, and kisses him. And that's yeah. gross. It's gross and sad. It's, it's the same. I think it's probably the same way I felt when I read Withering Heights, right? Yeah. He's like, hmm, don't do that. But oh, you miss them so much. But oh, don't do that. It's gross. Mm-hmm. I picture Malik as the as like SpongeBob. I for, what is that torso? That like skeleton person in the wheelchair. I don't know who that is as the character. It's mm-hmm. been too long. They like chocolate though. Yeah, that's who I picture as Malik. Just like a desiccated corpse with an attitude. Um, blah. Yeah, it's. It's troubling. So something that we had wondered about, um, and I don't, did we, did we talk about, um, Isbeth and I don't think we talked about Isbeth conceiving her children with Iris. No, um, yeah. we haven't. 
Yeah. So something that we were concerned about in the last book and that Poppy was concerned about in this book was that um, Iris is her dad and he's Malik's brother and Poppy felt like he would have had to have been forced to have sex with Isbeth um, to, for her to be conceived. And so Mm -hmm. something I guess nice that we find out in this book is that he was just, you know, rage boning Isbeth Mm -hmm. and that's where her children came from. So that's nice. And this extra little tidbit was very nice to hear. He also tried to kill her right afterwards. Yeah. Maybe that's why Poppy's so violent and loves stabbing. Maybe so. That's it was how that's she was conceived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sentiment mm-hmm. there. Yes. Um, right. So Isbeth stabs Malik in a shocking turn of events. Yes. Instead of Poppy, who, you know, this reminds me of like her sister's keeper, right? That's the one where the woman has a child so that she can harvest the bone marrow to save her other child that has cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Isbeth stabs Malik. It's shocking. And 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 then all hell just uh, breaks loose. So the, the ground erupts and it splits open. These like, um, I pictured beetles. I don't know why demon monster things crawl out and they start killing everybody. And that's like everybody is this people, Poppy's people, people, everyone's fair game. Um, and so instead of trying to reach Malik initially to get the knife out, they just are trying to fight all of these monster things that are that are destroying everybody. And Reaver's like, look, you got to get this. I'll, t- I'll take care of what I can, but you've got to get the knife out. Um, and yeah, it's just Millie is hurt in the process. Malik is hurt in the process. And then Poppy tries to throw a knife at Isbeth to stop her. And Isbeth uses the magic to turn the knife around and it hits Delano. Oh my God. That... It was the worst. Mm. Yeah. It was hurtful. It was. I just, my heart. Oh. Like Emil's been ripped apart. Everybody else has been destroyed. I was like, this is real bad, but we, we can recover until that happened. And I was like, mm. well, that's not entirely true. Um, I did have you spoil it for me, but even I was, as I was reading it, I was like, this is, this is not, this is not going to be good. That one was really hurtful. Yes. Mm, Yeah. Um, right. So Delano's dead. All of her friends are dead. Reaver went down. Um, oh my gosh, when Reaver went down, also I, bad. those two, Delano and Reaver, I was just like, oh God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was a bad deal. Um Kieran and Cass are still alive. Um, but it's not looking good, right? Mm-hmm. And I I have forgotten what happens next. What happens next? She says the consort's name. Yes. So she screams out her name, right? Because so Poppy is just 
she's lost it, right? She is seeing everyone around her die, like everyone, except for um, Cass and Kieran because their life is hooked to hers now, right? So, and she just like in her rage and agony, she starts screaming and it clicks somewhere in her mind that, oh, Serafina, that's her name. That's the consort's name. So she screams out for, like screams her name and Serafina kind of comes and like possesses her sort of, I guess. Um, It's kind of the best way to say it. And so she um, gives Poppy all the strength and damn, Isbeth's death. Oh, it's Mm. so hardcore. Oh, nobody writes death scenes the way um, Armin Trout does. Nobody. She gets the award. It's like hands down. So satisfying. Every time she kills somebody we hate. So satisfying. Yes. It's so brilliant. <laughs> now go ahead. So Poppy is Poppy slash Sarah, right? Are like talking to Isbeth and she has this great speech about how she's not going to go down in history. Her name is going to be wiped from memory. Uh, has a speech about, I thought that everybody was supposed to have an honorable death, but I don't believe that anymore. Like, Nikos waits you in the abyss. Like, just, oh, chills. It's right? aggressive. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, I've been waiting for this, this whole book, right? <laughs> waiting for this kind of energy. Um, and Isabeth says to Poppy that she's like, don't you see? I couldn't do it. I couldn't stab you because I love you, right? And that's pretty much, they're just like, yeah, no, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And um, she, she takes away, I guess, like Isabeth's ability to like scream, mm-hmm. right? And then starts breaking all of her bones. And um, she's still alive though at this point. And they said like, she's got like blood coming out of her eyes. Um, at one point it says like all of her pores are bleeding too. And then you hear like her spine snap and it's just, and I feel like a really sick person (laughs) to be like reveling in this death so much, but it's Mm -hmm. fiction. And also she's a horrible person. Um, yes. Um, so is bitch is very dead. I mean, it's just like it's just such a gratifying death Mm -hmm. because even if you do feel a little bit bad for her she's been a nightmare Mm -hmm. yes and yeah I mean it's just I don't yeah it's just so good it's the blood coming out of the pores for me (laughs) yes right the same year (laughs) (laughs) same here I read that and I was like yes (laughs) I mean that just really takes it that just really takes it all the way I mean and that speech too was great yeah it was really good definitely yeah I mean yeah Nick Toast awaits to start oh the start of your eternity in the abyss like wow wow sis Yep, for you, your death will be dishonorable and endless. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, nah. Wait, I'm sorry. Poppy has wings. I just yeah. saw the snow. What the fuck? It describes her as having like these. Uh, well, it's when she's being possessed, right? Yeah, she's but not these like 
silvery things that are coming out of her back. Let me see if I can find it. Um, sidebar. So at one point, Isbeth is like, I just wanted to be a family and I just wanted to like live in the country. And if they had just let us be heartmates and be happy and let my cat, my child live, like we would have just gone out to the country and been happy. Bullshit. Do you think, I mean, I was like, ah, I don't, but would you? you? It doesn't seem likely. Yeah. No. So it's on page 613. She says, um, so the air changed and my body changed. It started with a rumble inside me and then became a roar, like the sound of thousands of horses racing toward me, but no horse or soldier stood. It grew and grew as I pushed myself onto my now bare feet all over my hands and arms. Splotches of shadow and light churned inside my skin. I lifted my eyes, seeing a strange shadow before me, the outline of my head and my soldier shoulders and two wings, just like the statues guarding the city of Delos that had once protected the primals within, except these were made of ether, a swirling mass of light and darkness. My entire form was suddenly nothing more than crackling, flaming, silver light and endless shadows. Huh. That's interesting. So, I missed the wings part and it's like, hi- it's not highlighted. It's, it's in italics and somehow yeah. I missed it. Yeah. I think I was probably so caught up in what was happening. Yeah. So is this, so then is this like, is this her having actual wings or is this her being possessed by Sierra? Or will she develop um, wings? Like, no. So it says, okay. That, that's on that same page. It says, uh, my entire being focused on Isbeth. Um, and the endless fury I felt from her and her being Serafina, the true primal of life, joined hers. Mm-hmm. So at that point, that's when it happens, I think. That's when their energy joins. Yeah. Um, I gave sound to my rage to hers. The scream that ripped from my throat wasn't just mine. It was ours. So I think that was, yeah. I love how this interaction with Isbeth and uh, Poppy slash Sierra is happening. And Isbeth is like, um. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Sierra is like, you. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I think that's Isbeth that says that. I don't know. No, I think it's Sierra. Um, yeah. Um, so before this, I actually think I skipped ahead to the death. Colas does like there's this great rumbling, mm-hmm. right? It's the very end of chapter 47 um, because it says something about like Colas is like, oh, he's back sort of, or he's wakening. 
and but it turns out he already was awake whatever sorry so um but my, my point was is that I read that and I went that's really bad like yeah. audibly and loud and Tito was right there and he was just like I don't it's like <laughs> stop it stop being this person <laughs> who talks to your books it can't be helped it cannot be I was just like that's bad yeah yeah it is real bad do you think all of this could have been avoided if Nyctos and Sira were just like yeah you can be heartmates like yeah. I want to know the reasoning for why they didn't approve this yeah maybe I we'll mean, get more of that yeah like, there was there reason. an awkward like let's meet your parents situation you know and they just didn't like her from the start mm-hmm and just i just want to know um right yeah so colis is alive nectus is in the scene yes. everybody comes back to life mhm um Nobody's dead. Delano, Delano is fine. Delano, Delano. Mm-hmm. What are we calling him? Delano? I'm calling him Delano. Great. Delano is fine. Um, it was all, it was all, it was all okay. Everybody's good except Isbeth. She's still very dead. Um, Malik is being transported to Elysium by uh, Reaver. Like everybody's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, except that Mike things are still going to get really bad because Colas is also alive. Yep. And the rot is back. Things did not like Isbeth is dead, but you've got all these other problems now that are like even bigger. Yeah. The problems are more Mm -hmm. and they're worse. So Mm -hmm. we get some resolution, but with it, we get even more problems. Which I feel like is par for the course with every book in this series, right? <laughs> yep, it is. It's, uh, it's funny. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you have a note in here. Let's talk about it. Um, you have a note in here about what's your favorite death scene that Jennifer has written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine is definitely Shadow in the Ember, where Sarah kills her brother and like Same. just just shoves a whip down his throat. Yes. What? I, see, I worry sometimes, but you know what? It's all it's fine. <laughs> that is my favorite death scene of all time. Um, mm-hmm. She cuts his hands off first. He's like tied to something, I think, yes. and then shoves the whip down his throat. Like it is the most. Oh, just gratifying, and it. It's not just that it's a good death. Like he's been awful and very creepy Mm -hmm. to her up to this point. So it's just so cathartic when she actually can deliver what he's had coming to him. Yeah. That's the best one. 
and it's, that this author has written for me and maybe ever. Yeah. So Callum like disappears. Mm-hmm. As do Millie and Malik. I wonder where they ran off. Like, why did they run away? Um, I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to be involved in what was coming. Maybe. I mean, I feel like Malik was going to go wherever Poppy, not Poppy, wherever Millie went. So mm-hmm. that's why he ran. But I wonder why she decided to. I guess that will be something that is then discovered in the future. Um, let's see. You think that Poppy is destined to be more pow- powerful than Sierra? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Nectis, <laughs> these freaking names. Um, but Nectis does say to her, oh, she's most powerful, like about Sarah, she's the most powerful primal for now, right? Mm-hmm. And Callum made some remark too about how Poppy is going to be even more powerful than her father. Um, and I and I think that combined with Nectis is what he's saying. He said that, um, yeah, she's destined to be, because she's going to be, it says, uh, let me pull it out. Let me find it. I highlighted it. Uh, where is it? Because it says like she's the true primal of life and the true primal of death, right? Which has never existed at the same time in one person. Oh yeah, she's also something else too. She's yeah, like it's the like primal the of blood and bone or yes. something. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find. <sighs> trying to find it. Ah. Yeah, that's what it says. It's on page six twenty five. You are not just a loophole. You are many things. The primal of blood and bone, the true primal of life and death. Those two essences have never existed in one, not in the consort, not in Nyctos. Is that good or bad? Nobody knows. I don't, I would not want to be that powerful. Like put me on like middle management level. (laughs) I don't want to be over everything. (laughs) I'll stay in middle management. Right. I mean, well, with great power comes great responsibility and that's not always great. So yeah, no, I'm going to get a pass. <laughs> Leave it to these 18, 19 year olds who have all the energy. That's right. Who don't <laughs> see themselves as horny soccer moms. Yes. <laughs> so in this book, um, our friends realize that they've only heard like the tiniest portion of the prophecy and it's actually super long and there's many parts to it. Mm-hmm. And in our episode on the shadow and the ember, this is where the full prophecy was introduced and we tried to speculate and break down some things that we thought were happening. So what we're going to talk about now is uh, how we were right in some of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, so the first part of the prophecy says from the desperation of golden crowns and born of mortal flesh, a great primal power rises as the air to the land and the sea and to the sky and the realms and the shadow and the ember, the light and the flame to become fire in the flesh. So that is Sarah. We were yes. right. Yes, mm-hmm. that is Sarah. When the stars fall from the night and the great mountains crumble into the seas, old bones raise their swords beside the gods, the false one will be stripped from glory until two born of the same misdeeds. So in this situation, we're talking about how at some point Colas 
the stars fell and Colas was stripped of his some his glory. Right. Until two born of the same misdeeds, which are gonna be who we think is Poppy and Millie. Mm-hmm. Born of the same born. great primal power in the mortal realm. A first daughter with blood full of fire. And I'm wondering what that blood full of fire is. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's how she was made, like, into this, like, weird, not revenant, but revenant, you know? Do they use the dragon blood to That's make what I was revenants? wondering. I was like, maybe. Well, yeah. it was Colas. It was Colas's pet project, though, remember? Yeah. Um. Did he have any dragon? I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, but that's, yeah, I'm wondering if maybe it's something with Draken blood mm-hmm. and how, how she was made. Yeah. Faded, Faded for once. For- Promise King is obviously Malik. Malik. Ugh, I know. No. Yeah. It's Malik. Wait, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes. Malik. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the second daughter, Poppy, mm-hmm. with blood full of ash and ice, uh, the other half of the future king, which is cast and i think it's called the other half because they're heartmates there you go okay so so together they're gonna remake the realms as they usher in the end of of what age the world we're remaking things i bet maybe it's gonna be like in the lord of the rings where it's like the age of the elves and the age of the men and like this is the end of an age and we're starting another age and yeah, end could be an end could also be a beginning, right? Yeah, that is an optimistic view. I like it. Let's do it that way. So yes, so there's that. Um, yeah. So I don't think like what's the point in remaking things if you're just going to end the world? I I don't think it's going to be negative Mm -hmm. and ominous and things like that and then the rest of the prophecy says and so it will begin with the last chosen blood spilled i'm still not really sure what that means the great conspirator birthed from remember um poppy was chosen and when she got went to atlantia and she bled Mm because they were stoning her yeah and all of the shit went down yeah that's that's that that's what i think maybe okay that's what that's what We'll go with it. Uh, The great conspirator burst from the flesh and fire of the primals will awaken as the harbinger. Sure. Yeah. And the bringer of death and destruction to the lands gifted by the gods. Beware. For the end will come from the west to destroy the east and lay, lay, lay waste all that lies between. Which could be colas but i feel like that could also be the ways or the rot right mm-hmm. cuz that they're they are weast right mm-hmm. now um and the other thing that you put on here was lilacs so it's mentioned again a ton in here mm-hmm. but we see a big distinction being made in this one cuz like in at the very end of chapter 47 she mentions that she smells dead lilacs and it says Colas, right? And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh no, that's Colas. And then when Serafina, right, I don't know, possesses her, she smells fresh lilacs. So it's very, these very clear, like I think stale lilacs just kind of represent death. 
Mm -hmm. um, at this point is what we're going with. Um, and fresh lilacs represent life and Serafina and Nikdos, maybe. Nikdos. Yeah. yeah. So going forward with this story, uh, Colas is a problem. Yeah. And he's a primal. Yeah. So, and the, mm -hmm. go, go ahead. So the only way you can kill a primal is with Shadowstone Dagger by somebody who he loves, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or she, whoever the primal is, which is why Millie had told Cass that he would be the only one to be able to kill Poppy. Um, so who is Cole's going to love? How are they going to do it? Because like, um, ne Nectus, Nectus, mm -hmm. oh, fuck. Nectus. Um, Nectus, right? Straight out said, like, no, you have to kill him. So who's he going to love? Who are they yeah. going to find to kill him? I wonder if this will usher in the end of like primals and things like that. No, because I couldn't imagine doing that because when um, Poppy and Cass have kids, they're going to be primals. Yeah, but I mean, like, so I feel like what she could do is usher in the end by like killing Poppy. I, oh my and, God, if I read six books and I don't have a thruple and Poppy is dead, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> leave a one star review on Goodreads. <laughs> no, I would never do that. I will leave a three star review. <laughs> How disappointed I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm curious. So we know that because of a shadow in the ember, we know that um, Sarah was a reincarnation of Satoria, who was the ember of life that um, Colas was after. And so does that mean the reincarnation trope is going to pop up in a future from Blood Nash book? Oh, maybe it's Millie. Yeah, that's I wonder if that's why she ran. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm fine with it being Millie. Millie can die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not attached to her enough yet. That's yes. fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, what is this note that you have down here at the bottom? Where? Oh, her reaction, Poppy's reaction to having fangs is hysterical to me. Oh, her face, She wakes yes. up and is like, what is in my mouth right now? Mm -hmm. Karen's like, I can't help you with that. You're going to have to ask Cass. She cuts herself. I feel like it yeah. would be really And I think she awkward. has a little bit of a lisp, right? Yeah. It's so cute. That is so cute. And I know Cass is over there probably just like, bite me. Bite my dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, do it. <laughs> that happened in an Amelia Hutchins book. Oh, so talking about wings, right? And I guess going back a little bit, there is a theory out there that Poppy will be able to shift because she makes all of these references to like, oh, I don't have like, extra special hearing or a sight or anything like that it can't even shift into anything and so that kind of becomes a joke so I wonder if it's some foreshadowing to maybe Poppy will shift into something especially because now she had wings 
even though they're made of ether, what do you think she would shift yes. into? Are like bird shifters a thing? Maybe it's just like an angel, an angel shifter. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think that's a thing. No, an angel? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to. Angels are I don't want angels. assholes. I don't want yes, to see that. Yes, that's true. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like she has an affinity for any particular animal. Like Sarah had an affinity for the wolves. I don't feel like Poppy has shown an affinity for anything. Yeah. And that is, I, that seems like the, besides the Draken, wolves are the only thing that it seems like people really turn into so far. Well, Iris turns into a cat. Oh yeah. He turns into a cat. Maybe she can do that. Mm-hmm. Well, what did, Malik turn into because he could turn into something. I don't know. I don't remember. Hold on. Were there more mer people? Were there people that became water creatures or something? Were there? I don't know. It's been too long. Quotes. Yes, let's talk about our quotes. So okay. you picked really good quotes. I feel like mine are not as good by comparison, but here they are. <laughs> so I like the quote um, that, so Castile says this, I think, to Poppy. It's either Castile or Karen. One of them says, your will is not controlled by a queen or anyone else but you. And Castile also says to her, I'll call you whatever you like as long as you call me yours. I love their relationship. I love how supportive he is of her. And it's when he says like empowering and adorable stuff like this, that I'm just like, yes, honey. If Kieran and Reaver's reactions to this both, I think Reaver was like, is he serious? Yes. That was adorable. Yes. Yes. It was adorable. Mm -hmm. Yes. So those are my favorite quotes. What were yours? So I have be careful, but be brave. I really liked that. that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have this is when Poppy is Poppy and Karen are coming up with plans to um, try to get Cass. She says, I had hope. And that was such a remarkable, confusing thing. Fragile, contagious, breakable, but ultimately beautiful and I just really loved that that description and everything and it was just good words Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then the last one I have it just it's like a good um kind of like I guess bookend we see where we've come so it goes from uh the first book we have from blood and ash we will rise and now we have from blood and ash we have risen and I like that yes All right. So that's it, friends. We're wrapping it up. (laughs) It is a wrap. (laughs) The War of Two Queens. This is it. Uh, Thanks for joining us on this very long ride. We appreciate your listenership. Uh, Join us next week. We'll be discussing A Kingdom of Ruin by K.F. Breen. That is the third book mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. series the other two the ruin of roses and i think a, is it a queen of ruin or i don't know i don't remember what the second one was called they're both hysterical spectacularly smutty and 
just really good. So we'll be talking about the third one. And that is again, a kingdom of ruin. We hope you join us. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.